Welcome back to Maury's Music. My name's Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. How you doing this afternoon, Spoon? I am doing very well. It's uh, nice to be back talking about exciting acoustic guitars. I didn't know you were gone. <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start today's show with a real serious question. And it probably is very telling to how well you know me. How well I know you. And we're both music lovers. There's no secret there. We're going to do the 16 series today from Martin Guitar. And I'm going to ask you, Spoon, what is a better song with the number 16 in it? Only 16 by Sam Cooke or 16 Candles from the Crests? Well, I'm going to have to take a pass on this because as far as I'm concerned, it's Chuck Berry's Sweet Little 16. How's that for a surprise answer? <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. And we both like Martin Guitars. Let's talk about the 16 series. It's a really interesting series to me. We became a dealer in 2003. And I would honestly say of all the Martin series that I got to know over the years, I think the 16 series feels like it might be one of the most fluid. And by that, I mean you might see some really interesting guitars for a few years. The lineup changes a little bit more quickly than other lineups will. And things that come and go in that series almost make me think that that's a, a platform where Martin can do some experimentation. There are things it seems like Martin will experiment with in the 16 series that they won't do anywhere else. And that leads to some turnover. What are your thoughts about the 16 series in general? I think that's a, a very good point. Uh, we've seen alternate tone woods in the 16s. When Style 16 showed up back in the 1990s, it was used very much in that same way to, uh, to try out features that they uh, weren't putting on the standard series or weren't ready to put on the standard series. Today, it's funny you should say that because today they seem to have done a new makeover for the 16s, if you look at the models that they have now and how they're presenting them in the catalog and on the, on the website. And it's the only uh, place where you're gonna find a couple of Martin designs that have shown up here and there in other what we call series these days, but now are only available in the 16s. So uh, yeah, it's very cool. I guess my take on it until the most recent makeover was this was going to be their acoustic electric guitars that are made in Nazareth. Uh, then they started bringing more e-models into other more expensive series, but the 16s still remain, by and large, acoustic electric guitars that are designed for performance on stage because of how they, how they design the uh, body and electronics. But of course, as soon as I say that, we run into yet another famous Martin exception because the latest, greatest 16 series guitar isn't an acoustic electric guitar. Ah, that's a good segue. And I wonder if our listeners would like five extra seconds. Uh, why don't you guys think about this? What is the only 16 series Martin guitar without electronics? You got five, four, three, two, one. Can I answer it? Uh, please. Triple O 16 Streetmaster. I pause for effect there. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, that's one of the more exciting things to actually happen at NAM this year is the new Triple O 16 Streetmaster. The Streetmaster refers to the unique finishing process that they have done in the 15 series where they... I won't even call it distressing, 
they treat the finished guitar in a way that has darker and lighter patches. And it's, it's meant to evoke like a, a, an old patina finish that has some wear spots in it, but it's done in a much more artistic way. It's much more aesthetically uh, designed and intentional uh, as, a, uh, as a motif than it is actual finish wear. But here we have it done for the first time on an acoustic guitar with a spruce top. 15 series, of course, having mahogany tops. So they've brought the very cool looking Streetmaster uh, motif into the 16 series on this one model for right now. And it's a uh, classic short scale, triple O. It's very similar to a triple O 18 in terms of Sitka spruce top. It's got the full modern scalloped X bracing and um, high performance neck in a short scale version. So very, uh, very cool guitar and very cool looking guitar. And I think it's important that I reiterate and ask you to reiterate, this model is a short scale instrument. It is 24.9 inches. And I say that because at the time we're taping this show on the 18th of June, Martin Guitar still has this listed incorrectly as 25.4 long scale in some places on the website. So if you're listening to this at home, depending on when you're listening to this program, Martin's website might not be caught up with the actual facts. And I'm speaking from the point of view that I personally measured the prototype and I asked Tim Teal at the lobby with witnesses. And he said, no doubt the production model and the prototypes are short scale 24.9. Well, it just goes to show you that Martin's website is a work in progress, uh, to be sure. But also, the 00016, for, from the time it was first introduced in the 1990s, or maybe even late 1980s, was a long scale. I own one. I own a 00C16 uh, from 94, and... It's a long scale guitar and it's got quarter inch scallop bracing for all intents and purposes. It's an OM18, except it doesn't have the wide neck. So Martin called it a triple O because it had the one and 11, 16 and 16th inch neck. Uh, that was a huge change for Martin because triple O's from 1934 onward had always been short scale guitars until that triple O16 and triple OC16 came out in the, in the 80s. And they had scallop bracing when the standard series still had non-scallop bracing. They had tortoiseshell binding when the 18s in this, what's now called the standard series had black binding. They had a tortoise pick guard when the triple O 18 and D 18 had a black pick guard. Um, they had at that time, uh, Rosewood uh, board and bridge like the 18s did at that time. But um, they were a long-scale scallop brace guitar, and they also had diamond fret markers, so they were looked much more vintagey than the standard series with their big white dots. Then the 16s uh, continued to be a long-scale triple O. Even the double O's, when they started coming out, were long-scale, and that was because it had become the industry standard. And so that's what everybody else was doing with their grand concert size and auditorium size guitars. They were long scale guitars. So Martin was aiming the 16s at younger players. They were less expensive than the, uh, the uh, D18 and triple O18. And then when they came out with the 17s and the 15s, they were all long scale 
triple O's, and some of them still are up till today. So I can understand why somebody and Martin just their brain just said long scale because it's a triple O sixteen, when in fact at long last Martin has brought the short scale triple O into the sixteen series. Good points. And, you know, for what it's worth, I'm not trying to ding Martin for having wrong specs on the website, but if you're asking your favorite dealer for this guitar and you have the opportunity because it means enough to you, if you want to know exactly what scale length this is, or frankly, any Martin guitar, make sure you ask your dealer so you're not misinformed. And I, boy, I don't know what this would sound like if it was a long scale, because I think it's got plenty of projection uh, being a short scale. And maybe you would agree with me. I think a lot of the reason behind that is the Torified VTS top on top of this platform. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, again, a first for the 16 series of bringing VTS vintage tone system, which for the listeners who have forgotten or have never known this, that's Martin's version of Torrefaction where they take the spruce and they cook it in a oxygen-free kiln to temperatures, this allows them to bring up the temperature so hot that if there had been oxygen in there, it would completely incinerate the wood. And those high temperatures and high pressure crystallizes the cellular interiors of the wood. The cellulose inside the wood is crystallized and it has the, under a microscope, it's virtually identical to, uh, to wood that is 80, 100, or even 300 years old, depending on how long they cook it. And so it behaves that way. And so it sounds like a, a brand new guitar, sounds like it's already broken in and has already been played in for several years. And it's now finally arrived on the Triple O 16 Streetmaster, which is just, uh, just super cool, new model. Oh yeah, and anybody listening, you really need to realize they're borrowing features from the Modern Deluxe series. When you get a Triple O 16 Streetmaster, you're getting a lot of tone that you'd normally have to pay at least $1,000 more if you got it without the distressed look on top in a different series. Yeah, it just, uh, just blew me away when they uh, decided to go with this. A, Adirondack Spruce for one thing, which you just never see in affordable instrument packaging. And it's not only Adirondack, it's Torfight Adirondack. And that's just uh, remarkable. And it looks so amazingly cool. Um, now, the backstory about all of this is Adirondack spruce has a lot more sugar in the sap than other spruces. And when they torrify it, the tops shade quicker. Some of you may remember the original torrified Martins look quite brown on the top until they perfected the, uh, what they do now to get it to only be about 70 to 80 years old in terms of the torrefaction effect compared to the 300 year old uh, that they started out with when they first started doing this. Well, Adirondack shades quicker. And not only that, it shades a lot less evenly than uh, the other spruces because of those sugars. When those sugars burn out, they turn brown. And so Martin had on their hands a supply of beautiful Adirondack spruce soundboards that they couldn't use on the authentic series. And they said, and somebody said, well, why don't we try this? And they tried putting the Streetmaster finish on it to even make the effect of that torrefaction uh, much bolder and much more interesting. And the prototype has almost a sunburst effect. It's almost like the, the outside edges are darker 
than the inside, but it's but it's uneven. It's not like a typical Martin burst or a typical Gibson sunburst. It's definitely still that kind of light and dark shades. I mean, to me, it looks like a piece of modern art. It looks like an abstract painting. And um, I think it's really a really cool idea. And people can aff afford it. So people can actually afford this guitar that couldn't afford a modern deluxe series or an authentic series, certainly. Um, so just uh, what a, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm glad they did it in the 16 series instead of making it a little bit pricier and putting it uh, in a different series altogether, maybe making a custom version or something a little bit out of reach. I think it's a genuine genius idea to make sure to use some wood that might not get used otherwise. And could you picture the garbage can filling up at Martin with tops they can't use anywhere else because they didn't have the foresight to do it this way? That'd be a shame. What I'm happy about is they did it this way instead of doing it on some high pricey special edition, you know, that with uh, fancy inlays and, and, you know, fancy technology like the, like they're fond of doing these days with liquid metal bridge pins and, you know, and this and that. So uh, it's, the, it's the top that's being upgraded, but they're still leaving it in that semi-austere 16 series look. It's even more austere than the typical 16 series. The, the, uh, we're about to get into the normal uh, 16 models. And so um, what I've always liked about them is that they, they evoke the 16s from the 90s, but the 16s from the 90s were meant to be the mahogany version of Style 21 or vice versa. Where Style 21 was the least expensive rosewood models being made. The, and that goes way back into the depression era, the 16s, which first showed up at around 1959, 1960 on those special New York models that were evocative of the late 1800, uh, 12 fret O and 00s. And then they brought them back again, like I said, in the 1990s. And they had a herringbone rosette, which was what style 21 had up until the 1940s. The style 21's hallmark was the herringbone rosette, and Martin started using it in the modern world in the Eric Clapton model, when Dick Boak wanted to add that Style 21 rosette to a Style 28 herringbone guitar to make the Eric Clapton model unique. And then they started putting it on the 16s, very cool. It's on all of the 16s today, except for this new Streetmaster, which has a, uh, a simpler, very interesting looking sound hole that, that is, um, it is a, a that, this all, I wish I could remember where this came from. This comes from an early Martin guitar too, and it might be the Ditson models that they made for the Ditson department stores. I don't remember now where they took the uh, 16 Streetmaster rosette from, but it's just black and white ply lines, but very slender. And um, I think it's like black, slightly whiter white, black in the center, slightly lighter white in the black. So it's just, uh, what is that? One, two, three, four, five rings. But yeah, very cool and uh, and unique. And I think they're going to be extremely popular. So let's. Here's to hoping we're going to see more 16 Street Masters uh, with the VTS Sitka Spruce Top in the future. I'd love to see a Dreadnought. That'd be neat. Oh, absolutely. I would like to see a D or a DSS Street Master 16 Street Master. Absolutely. I think that would be a a big seller. 
And, uh, you know, and what, uh, the, like you said, things have come and gone in the 16 series. There have been some very good guitars that they just didn't stick around. And they put them out there and they see if dealers want to order more of them. For just a moment, I want to go back to what you said about uh, contacting your favorite dealer uh, about the specs. If you're, you know, when you're interested in a Martin guitar, you have to be careful about that. If you're talking about somebody like Mario Rutsch, then you can trust him to know what he's talking about. A lot of our listeners out there know full well that some of these big box stores, when you call up that dealer and ask him for the spec, all he's going to do is to open Martin's webpage and say, oh, it's long scale. You know, they're not going to take the time to measure the one in their own shop. And they're not going to take the time to really know uh, what they're talking about when it comes to Martin guitars. They're going to go with whatever they look up quickly on the internet, just like any other schmo out there. So you do want to be careful when it comes to your favorite dealer to make sure they know what they're talking about. I'll just put that out there. And, um, but, um, so yeah, so what do we know about the 16s today? What, what models are available? The D16, which has been a huge seller for Martin over the years, uh, is now available in both a mahogany and a rosewood. They no longer call it a D16R and a D16M and have totally different stuff. It's the same guitar. It's just the back and sides are different. So dark binding on the, on the mahogany and antique white binding on the rosewood. But they both have the same uh, traditional dot fingerboard. Both very pretty uh, classic Martin looking guitars. They do not have a lot of purfling around the edge of the top, but you get that great bold herringbone rosette and they don't have back strips so that saves on little a little money very pretty guitars nice big dreadnought sound full forward shifted scala bracing these all come with the simple dovetail neck joint which of course helps keep the price down below the uh, standard series and then right now the other flat tops they have is the gpc and like the dreadnought here's the other special thing about the dreadnought in the 16s is they are shallow body dreadnoughts they have the same depth as a triple O, OM, and double O. So very good for loud stage performances. A lot less feedback issues from a Martin Dreadnought. They look like a classic Dreadnought. They still have plenty of bass to them. They just don't have as much bass. They don't have as much throaty depth in the low mids that you get out of, out of a standard depth Dreadnought. And that's very good for... Uh, uh, like I said, performing uh, plugged in at high volumes. It's also very good for people who think the dreadnoughts are too big and boxy to play comfortably sitting down. These guitars, even though they have the classic dreadnought profile, are are very comfortable to play standing up. And the GPC, uh, standing up or sitting down, and the GPC Grand Performance Cutaway 16 also has the shallower body. So again, really good for uh, loud amplified performances or in any kind of performance space where you just got to go in and plug in and and the room is not set up well for acoustics and or you're playing with a you know an acoustic guitar in a big electric band these are great options for that let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample of a 16 series martin guitar this is the new triple o 16 street master
So now we have a triple O that does not currently come with electronics. I'm not sure if that's going to become uh, optional, but it's not a, uh, a typical 16 that is right out the gate is definitely going to have electronics. And then we only have two others that are uh, fascinating guitars. We have the triple O 12 nylon, triple O C 12 nylon. And nowadays when you see 12 in the number in the model name on the left side of the dash, it means it's a 12 fret guitar, not a 12 string. And so this is a 12 fret triple O with a cutaway. This is a very cool body size that uh, was first used. Here's a trivia question for everybody. What was the first 12 fret cutaway Martin triple O, triple knot? Triple O C 1216 E nylon. <laughs> Let's give them the answer later. Okay. Well, you'll have to remind me so we don't forget. But yes, okay. So that's your that's a, your trivia question for today is what was the first 12 fret cutaway Martin guitar? Well, this one is nylon string. This is a true a nylon string guitar in terms of it's a long, extra long scale, 26 something long scale neck like a classical guitar. And it's got the one and seven eighth inch nut width, which is what Martin used to put on their 12 fret guitars. And so it's not the full two inch of a, a traditional classical guitar, but it's plenty wide enough for people who want to play classical music, play flamenco, um, but also uh, folk music, but want the comfort and sound of a nylon string instrument with a high quality Fishman pickup system um, built in standard. Let's talk about that pickup system for a moment, except for the triple O 16 that we talked about earlier. Everything in the 16 series gets the Fishman Matrix VT Enhance. Yes, yeah. So VT, volume and tone control. And so that's just inside the lip of the base side of the sound hole. And so the tone control is, is kind of a mid-range sweep. And so you can bring in the, the mids more, you can drop them out more, which then accents, accentuates the bass and treble. And then you have a third control wheel on the inside of the treble that is what they call the enhance feature. So why don't you tell them about that a little bit? Yeah, the enhance can really, really go a long way without using too much of it. And it's basically a bridge plate sensor. Martin's careful not to call this a bridge plate pickup. It's certainly not meant to be used alone. Matter of fact, you can't dial these controls in any certain way that would give you just the enhance and cut away the rest of the system. It's meant to be paired with the undersaddle sound and the undersaddle sound is giving that, that full fat immediacy it's really listening to the saddle and the strings. What the Enhance does, it blends in a lot of that body sound, not just the body vibrations or the top vibrations, but if you would actually tap on the guitar's top or sides, this is gonna hear that. And it's, the word sensor is really good because it's actually feeling what's going on on the bridge plate. So for example, a really nice warm sound can definitely be achieved by, you know, turning up the Enhance feature by maybe, maybe 15 or 20%. Uh, not unlike when you used to blend a little bit of microphone signal into an undersaddle pickup. This is the other sound that kind of takes the edge off the undersaddle attack. And I really do think the only time the enhanced sounds kind of out of whack are those times where a player might turn that up all the way and then have some 
have a bad time with some of the offensive mid-range, it can be a little bit strident if you turn it all the way up because now you're having 100% undersaddle pickup plus 100% of the bridge plate. And unless you do some really radical EQ and take care not to overplay, and, and remember that's actually hearing and feeling all that's going on if you're bumping the guitar, I think a little goes a long way is what I'm trying to say, but it sounds really good. Yeah, I agree. When I when I have uh, tried out guitars with the enhanced, uh, you know, with a you know a big amp or a big sound system, I like very little. I definitely want it in there, but I I would say fifteen percent is probably the most I would go. Uh, I think even Martin says when you're bringing it up toward fifty percent, that's really more when you're recording direct. It's up to you know the individual to try it out and see what they what they like. But but don't be surprised if you if you prefer the enhance on the uh, on the lower end in terms of how much you're adding, and I imagine every amp in you know in room is going to be different. But also uh, forget about the the sensor in terms of like you said tapping on the top. I don't tend to do that sort of modern tone tapping stuff and percussion stuff, but that's what it's really designed for. It's designed for people who do do that, who like to slap on the top, who like to do their own bass drum effects with their thumb and on the soundboard and that kind of stuff. And this brings that into the uh, plug and play experience uh, without the, you know, without uh, a mic being necessary. So it adds uh, a great deal of versatility to the traditional Fishman understaddle pickup experience. It's pretty feedback resistant too. You can get a really usable microphone-like sound by blending that in and you don't have to cut it down to one or two percent on a loud stage. You could get to the 15 percent uh, that Spoon mentioned and it's not going to give you any kind of problems in the monitors. Yes, yes, and and that's uh, that's important in a band situation and it's uh, important whether you're playing the nylon string guitar or the uh, Dreadnought or the GPC and the only bass guitar available from Martin these days is in fact the BC-16E, uh, which is a rosewood back and sides. So you get a nice full sound to it, but it's a, you know, it's a full scale bass guitar, but with uh, Martin 16 series acoustic aesthetics. So nice antique white binding with the rosewood look great. Tortoise pickguard look great. It's actually does not have position markers on the fretboard, uh, just the side dots. So very sleek uh, looking. It is based on, it's got Martin's M size, the Grand Auditorium body size. So wider than a triple O and OM, uh, but you still get the nice, comfortable feminine waist as they call it, and a cutaway. So a very versatile uh, acoustic bass that is certainly a, a blast to play unplugged, but when you plug it in, of course, you uh, get the, uh, the real effect. It also has the enhanced wheel in the treble side of the sound hole. So same thing, you can you know, dial in that uh, enhancement, that tonal enhancement that comes from a bridge plate sensor. So super cool guitar. And again, uh, Martin has made basses here and there over the years, and this is currently the only bass in the lineup BC-16E, and it's a, it's a very nice collection. There are fewer 16s than there used to be, but with the new Streetmaster, I'm expecting uh, they'll be adding more 16s in the future. Yeah, and there is one more guitar that I forgot to mention. Uh, let me ask you this. Guess which guitar that I like twice as much as the GPC-16E Rosewood? 
Hmm. I like it exactly two times as much as the six-string GPC 16E Rosewood. Hmm. Anybody want to go for this, or should I have to answer <laughs> the 12-string version? I'm such a dad jokes kind of guy today, and I apologize. The Grand J16E 12-string, my first impression of this guitar was back when it was first announced. I remember seeing Craig Thatcher's video on Martin's website, and I was just knocked over. I got to talk to him shortly after, and I'm so pleasantly surprised at how round and full this guitar sounds, again, with having a triple O depth. You're getting a Grand J16 body size, but it still is shallow as a triple O guitar, so on paper, uh, my rep and I were talking about it when it was first launched, and I thought, that's, that's probably okay. And hearing the demo video and then eventually getting my hands on one in real life, it sounds really full. Oh, yes. I was stunned when I played the uh, prototype and then played the, uh, the show model and um, in the Martin Sound Room. I, I, was, I was really blown away by how great that 12-string uh, sounds. And again, with the uh, the shallowness, but certainly rosewood back and sides helps with Sitka. Nice, you know, nice, warm, full sound. And uh, what a, they're so fun to play too. And they look so cool. The Grand J size, uh, very cool. So yeah, so we, you know, we have these dreadnoughts, but shallow body, GPC, but shallow body. Um, it's designed for comfort, but really is designed for, for feedback control on a stage in a with a big PA, and um, the bass is also uh, the same depth, but it's got the wide 16-inch bottom bout of the uh, Martin M size Grand Auditorium size, also known as the quadruple O size body, and the extra long scale of a bass guitar, and then of course the big the big boy is the big boy is the uh, Grand J 16E 12 string. Now I have to open the door to let the cat in. <laughs> right this way, Your Majesty. Probably should have named her Victoria. Um, <laughs> you know, cats used to be worshipped in ancient Egypt, and they never forgot that. <laughs> exactly. As our friend Tony Phillips is fond of saying that dogs have owners, cats have staff. There goes your proof, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So I made a casual point earlier in the broadcast about the 16 series is where Martin likes to go for experimentation and try things they might not be trying in other series that are really tried and true, like the standard series. And to recap, we have a triple O C 12 fret nylon string acoustic electric. We have a triple O, we have a bass, and we have a grand J 12 string. So no mistake about it, Martin really uses this series to see what works and what doesn't. And I think uh, everybody's going to speak with their wallet. If, if Martin finds a winner in this series, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I think that's true. That's that's something Chris Martin has been big on. He uh, he keeps what sells. And in the modern uh, economy, I think there's a pretty short leash on a lot of uh, models if they're not selling. And for a while during the COVID thing, they cut way back and they didn't necessarily permanently discontinue some models, but they did stop making them and stop accepting orders because they had to focus with the staffing issues and all that. They had to focus on the most important models and the ones that they know people want to buy. So that adds a little more, a little more pressure on some of the more interesting models. So will the Streetmaster take off? I hope so. 
because I love the idea and I hope we see more 16 Street Masters. They will always want to keep a 12 string in the lineup. So, and this is a, a good choice because not only is it a very successful instrument, it's at a, uh, a relatively inexpensive price point. And um, the nylon string guitar, I think, um, I think some of that is in honor of Chris Martin's half-brother who passed away. And uh, they actually had a model, you know, for him briefly. But this is based on that model. Um, but it's it's not as fancy, so it's uh, a little more affordable again. So yeah, 16 series made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania by the master craftsmen and craftswomen. Full scallop bracing, full all solid wood construction. And spruce top, best bang for the buck of a Martin made in Pennsylvania, uh, 16 series. So uh, come and get them. <laughs> And all this really great 16 series talk has me almost completely fulfilled, but I'm hanging on. What is the answer to your trivia question? The first 12 fret cutaway Martin Guitar was the Merle Haggard artist signature model. I'm not completely sure you're right, but they all started cheering, so you must be. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was called a Triple C28. It was uh, made in, you know, what's now style 28, herringbone and the diamonds and squares and all that, which back then was still only on the vintage series. But now they moved all that into the standard series, 16 series, less fancy appointments, but still classic Martin appointments. I'm always a huge fan of that herringbone rosette, as you know full well. It's on my uh, custom short scale triplo that used to be available for sale at Morris Music um, because I was always such a big fan of Vintage Style 21. And the 16s are sort of looked at or were looked at as, as the 18 uh, affordable version of the 18, which they called 16. Now you can get Rosewood 16, so that's that's even cooler. What are the 16s that sell from Maury's Music, would you say? Well, we do really, really well with the D16E, both in Mahogany and Rosewood. I don't really think there's a clear winner there. I think every time we expect that the Mahogany's taking the lead, we sell a few more Rosewoods, and it's just such a testament to how good these guitars are gonna sound. The fact that you can get a D16E, Mahogany or Rosewood, the same way you can choose between an 18 or a 28. I think the fact that you can get an all Nazareth made guitar in the style or similar style of the 28 and the 18, but it's gonna cost you less money because simple dovetail, and you're gonna get a pickup system to boot. A lot of people, no doubt, when they're looking at a D18 or a D28, have the D16E in their sights, especially those who might be playing on stage all the time or more than they play off stage. I think the D16s are probably our best sellers in the 16 series, and, and I can see why. Well, and that's a good point. I could see people owning the 16 for road work when they're on the road, and you know, and plugging in and using it to plug in primarily while they have their, you know, D18 or D28 at home. That's, yeah, makes total sense to me. Well, Spoon, I appreciate your time and it's always a good conversation, but you know what the music means. We're out of time. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you guys are enjoying yourselves, please consider giving us a review 
on Apple Podcasts and a genuine shout out and thank you to everyone who's already done that. From all of us at Mari's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. Music.com.